Welcome to the iPod, a new podcast series from Ophthalmology Times, where we engage with key opinion leaders about the latest innovations in the areas of surgery, clinical diagnosis, drug therapy, research, technology, or practice management. I'm Julianne Mobilian, Associate Editor with Ophthalmology Times and your host. We're here today with Dr. Harvey Fishman, who is the Medical Director and Founder at Fishman Vision in Palo Alto, California. Dr. Fishman recently wrote a blog for us about his experience using intense pulse light therapy, which we'll refer to as IPL for the rest of the podcast. So, Dr. Fishman, welcome. My first question is, how long have you been using IPL? And can you give us a quick background of how you were introduced to it? Well, IPL, intense pulse light, is a technique that's been around for a long time, especially in the cosmetic community. And um, Dr. Toyos actually was one of the most amazing uh, researchers and ophthalmologists who basically discovered that IPL could be used to treat dry eye disease. And I, I followed IPL for several years, sort of on the sidelines, trying to evaluate whether this was something that would be helpful or not. And um, uh, recently, um, when I started using it in the past year, um, we started, you know, sort of encompassing a lot of techniques that were used uh, in other aspects of dry eye disease, sort of combining the the uh, anti-inflammatory properties of IPL, uh, or reducing the anti the ability to reduce inflammation using IPL, and combining that with uh, expression in the uh, lid margins, the bibobian gland, uh, inspiration, entire issue with that, as well as cleaning up the lashes. And so with that sort of, you know, triple combined method for IPL, it seems that the, it, it does a very, very good job and excellent, uh, getting excellent responses with patients. And so when I sort of looked at those, you know, that data and spoke to a lot of researchers, I uh, embarked on it and had been really delighted and actually impressed, delighted, and surprised at how, how well it seems to work. Yeah, that's great. And I I actually don't know this. How long has IPL been around? When did uh, Dr. Toyos look into this and start using it? How long has it been in kind of like well, the mainstream ophthalmology practice? Well, I think that I don't know the actual dates of when it was started. I know that Dr. Toyos has been working on this for at least a decade or more. Um, oh, wow. He okay. really, yeah, he's really pioneered it and, and done some terrific work in that area. He's sort of, uh, I mean, just so impressed with what he's done. Um, so it's been around, but in terms of the mainstream, I think it's been, we've been trying to sort of figure out the exact place that, it, you know, in the right population of, of patients that it really seems to work well in. And I think that like any technique, um, if you, if you're choosing the wrong patient population, you're not going to get, you know, results that you need. And I think that's true of, er of every aspect of any parts of, you know, any aspect of ophthalmology. And in dry eye disease in particular, I think that the thing that's fascinating about dry eye disease, it's about 26 or 20 or 30, you know, some many numbers of diseases in one. So it's not just one dry, you know, one, one type of a disease. And I think that over time, we've, in, certainly in the last decade, we've sort of you know, would much better understand, you know, there are many different subtypes of dry eye, very dry eye patients. And, uh, you know, some patients have sort of this, you know, like lo very low tear, you know, tear film level, very low, you know, sort of a tear deficiency 
uh, type mechanism. And others, uh, really, it's a lid mechanism where it can be aspects of um, telangiectasia and inflammation in the lid margin. And, um, and in other patients, it's, it can be, you know, anatom- strictly anatomic reasons. Sometimes it's neurologic. And then, of course, you have to put an overlay of this whole thing that dry eye, in many cases, is actually a, uh, you can think of it as a, as a pain syndrome. And some people, it really is a pain syndrome with minimal amounts of, of signs on the surface and, and lots of symptoms. And so I think that in the last, as I said, in the last decade, we've become much more intelligent as ophthalmologists and optometrists in figuring out different subcategories of patients. And as such, I think that we're now able to look at IPL and say, okay, these are the patients that seem to do really well with IPL, and others you wouldn't even think about using IPL on, because I think that it's not a one-size-fits-all type of a technique. Absolutely. So for the patients who do benefit the most, I assume you've gotten, like, excellent feedback when you've used this treatment so far. Is that correct? Very good treatment. I mean, I it's like, as I mentioned, the most important thing, pick your patient population well. Try to figure yeah. out exactly, you know, who is going to benefit the most. I mean, when they did the cholesterol study, they didn't, you know, they didn't go to Palo Alto, California, where everybody is super healthy, you know, where many people have a very high level <laughs> of health. You know, they go to a place where there's, you know, a lot of, you know, diabetes and obesity and so forth. So you get the So that's the sort of the same concept is that, you know, with, with IPL. So uh, to answer your question, I mean, the, the types of patients um, that really we find quite exceptionally you know, do quite well with IPL are those that are primarily, um, you know, eyelid rosacea type patients, ocular rosacea okay. and facial rosacea. And those are the types of patients that if, if somebody has rosacea and they have or ocular rosacea and blepharitis, you know, immediately that's the type of patient I, that I would really target for IPL. It doesn't mean you can't have other patients that can benefit from IPL, but those are definitely the ones that are just what I call the no-brainer in terms of treatment. Walk us through your protocol. In your blog post, you mentioned that you had a Fishman protocol. So can you walk us through that? Absolutely. And and I I sort of say that tongue-in-cheek because really Dr. Toyas is sort of the He's the grandmaster of this, and so it was, <laughs> but uh, I sort of combined several different techniques to try to come up with uh, what I joke is the Fishman protocol. But sure. essentially, um, and, and I also want to make a big call out, shout out to Dr. Laura Perriman, who actually was the uh, doctor who trained me on IPL and really has been uh, an also an incredible proponent of IPL and well, and also very knowledgeable and has done some really innovative work in the area. Um, but what I would say is that. Um, what I do is I, you know, I sort of take the, the standard, uh, I combine what I've, what, what, what Toy, Dr. Toyas has taught us, um, in terms of what he does, um, from tragus to tragus in terms of the treatment underneath the eyelid margin and as close to the lid and close to the lashes without, of course, treating lashes as possible. And, um, and, and I combine that technique with what Dr. Perriman suggests, which is he talks about the fact that you really should be treating the entire face, uh, because that there's some, and she talks about like sort of a cosmetic uh, boost, but actually I think that there's a there's a tremendous amount of improvement in uh, lower lowering inflammation uh, that we found in many studies just treating the face itself and not even 
using the Toyos protocol, but I think that using the, the Paramin protocol, which is really treat the entire face, the upper face, the forehead, chin, as well as treating uh, the uh, upper eyelids. Um, and I'll mention the, the, the situation of the importance of doing that as well as some of the concerns or not concerns, but cautions you have to have. So you, know, you take the, I usually start off with what I call the Paramin protocol where I treat the entire face, upper eyelids, lower eyelids, and forehead, and so forth, and do it. And if there's any sort of cosmetic blemishes, I'll treat them. Then I throw in the what, what Rolando does, what Dr. Toyas does, which is to take the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the, treat the lower eyelids. And then, uh, importantly, he also has introduced expression. And I, um, and, and I'm really in the area of, of um, ibobine gland disease and dry eye disease, I have been doing expression for a long time. I've been doing it for over, you know, five to ten years in terms of, you know, modifying my technique. And so I use sort of my own uh, technique of, of expressing. And so right after I've done both the, what I call the, uh, the pyramid and the, uh, the toys protocol, then I throw in a fishman protocol, uh, which sort of ends with a very detailed expression of every single gland I don't use a Q-tip. I actually use forceps, uh, expression forceps. And um, after I've expressed both the lower and upper lid, um, which, by the way, during that time, I actually grade every single gland. So I actually uh, give it um, its own grade in terms of how much color, the amount of uh, myobum that comes out, the color of the myobum, how well it expresses. Um, and then after I do that, then I use essentially a technique where I um, debreed the lid margin using sort of a corneal spud, which is actually uh, another technique where you can actually, you know, basically get off dead skin, open up some of the orifices um, that are potentially blocking some of the glands. And then I end with Lefex, which is just a sponge that kind of cleans up the, the lid margin and gets out some of the, uh, for lack of a better term, the schmutz <laughs> on the lid margin after <laughs> I've done all of this. And, uh, and that's what I do. I've, been, I've had such you know, wonderful results with this and and surprisingly uh, much better than just expression alone. And I, I was, when I first came into this area, I thought, oh, you know, expression is going to be, you know, really expression is all that you really need. And um, I was surprised at how much better patients were doing when I did, when I combined expression and all these other techniques along with IPL. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I feel, I mean, it's, it's such a great technology and, um, it's, think, it's pretty yeah. amazing what you can do with it. <laughs> it's very, so, it's extremely also, helpful. Yeah. I'm, oh, it seems like it is. So in, in addition with that, with, um, using IPL, do you use anything else to supplement it to, to make the treatment like that much better? I mean, you mentioned taking a holistic approach when treating mm-hmm. ocular surface disease. So what else can you use that, you know, really, really supplements this treatment? Um, is it maybe a patient, something they can do health-wise, or something else that you can do as the ophthalmologist, or is it kind of just a whole host of things? Right. It's a definitely a whole host of things. There are so many aspects of dry eye that you have to look into. A lot of it's history. Uh, you have to know what the patient, what medications the patients are, because medications are big, can be a big offender. Uh, Dr. Perryman and the Dry Eye Divas uh, have done some really neat work on makeup for the ocular blunders of, uh, of of certain makeups, and that's really an extremely important area. So, you know, you have to really look at everything. And then, of course, 
when I take a holistic approach in my practice, as I kind of mentioned, I think the one of the primary most important things is you sort of look at the patient, and, and every patient has their own unique uh, needs and, and, and issues. And you have to kind of figure out, like, where do they fall into the different in, – in with these different techniques? And you have to be very flexible. You can't be rigid sure. and sort of have this – a lot of a lot of people, like, want to go down sort of this really, you know, strict protocol. And I, of course, use those protocols, but I think you have to be sort of flexible and creative when you – when you approach a patient, you look at every aspect, not only just, you know, the aspects of, you know, you have to look at their personality. You have to look at, you know, what drives them, you know, what, what can they do? I mean, you can treat people with different, uh, different, di- you know, different oral supplements, for instance, like with fish oils, which, by the way, I absolutely believe is a monotherapy is a terrific, uh, despite what the DREAM study has shown, that's very contrary to what I have found personally. Really? That's practice. interesting. Oh yeah, I, I mean I. Well, I think that the, I mean I don't want to get into the politics of the dream study because that's a, that's like sure. a, that's like a hotbed of explosion of uh, of different ideas. <laughs> but I but I think but I think that the the, the deficient one of the main deficiencies of the dream study was not uh, subdividing the patients correctly into the right groups. And I think that was like and as I said at the beginning of this podcast is that if you don't know the, the you know dry eye is not just one lump you know, diagnosis. And if you don't subdivide and subcategorize the patient into a different group, then it's, you know, it's, 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 you're not going to have good results. And I think that's where the dream study um, had its issue is that it was just, it wasn't really looking at different types of dry eye. But so the answer is that, you know, I, for my holistic approach, you know, I definitely take all of those things. I even get into the microbiome of the gut. I mean, I'm super interested <laughs> It's a really important area, and it's extremely complex. I gave a, a whole talk, actually, on the microbiome of the gut at one point and how that affects not only dry eye but also glaucoma macular degeneration. There's some fascinating work in that area. But that's sort of the idea, that you have to look at many different many different factors, and um, you have to be creative, and you have to just, you know, you have to have time. And that's one of the things that, you know, is really difficult in today's medical world, which is being able to sit down with the patient, really have a conversation without the pressures of, you know, having to see your next patient. I find that that's one of the real challenges of medicine today. And unfortunately, in the dry, especially with people who are suffering from dry eye, it's a, it's a, it, there's many different um, uh, emotional and, uh, you know, feelings about, you know, where you're going through both in your life and also uh, what's going on in, in your eyes. And, it, and they're all affected. And if you if you try to rush a patient through, you, you won't be able to figure out, you know, how to really treat them effectively. Well, absolutely. I'm, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, it's like you said, you really do just need to look at it from every single angle. That's right. I mean, you know, some of the other aspects, I just to make a few other sort of interesting comments, I also, I'm one of the doctors, in the, one of the few doctors in the country who use is a new type of a uh, serum drop called PRGF which is uh, plasma-riching growth factors, which is a sort of a subdivision of serum tears. And I've had some terrific, really terrific results with that uh, as well. And so you really have to look, again, mechanistically at where what the patient has and then try to be creative in, in trying to find the best technique for them. In my experience, but, you know, although it's not limited to just rosacea and ocularization and blepharitis patients, 
you know, those are the types of patients that immediately, if they're amenable, IPL is, is a wonderful uh, addition to the armamentary to treat them. And, you know, I've, I, at least in my practice, I've had it's a, all, you know, basically across the board tr- terrific results and, and terrific feedback from my patients. And uh, the reason I know it works is they, they, they want to come back. And, you know, that's, that's one of the telltale signs of the technique. If you give them a drug or you treat them with a drop, and they tell you a month later that was a, that drop burned and it's not working, or you know they don't do it. That 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 says a lot. And if somebody can wants to come back and they find it it's helpful, then that's a good sign that that it's, it's a working technique. Oh, absolutely, definitely agree with that. For our listeners, you can find his blog at ophthalmologytimes.com/blogs. And thanks for listening to this episode of the iPod. We hope you subscribe at iTunes and let us know what topics you'd like to hear more about. Stay connected by going to ophthalmologytimes.com, subscribing to our newsletter, and following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We'll see you next time.